Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of Modern Chiropractic Mastery. Uh, today's a, a topic that I've really tried to focus on in the last couple of years because honestly, I had to have a lot of uh, self-awareness and reflection upon some of the lacking that I had on leadership. And I knew that if I was going to really get my practice and, and my professional life uh, as thriving as I wanted to, I needed to get better as a leader. And it's always a work in progress. I'm not a perfect leader now. I'm better now than I was a few years ago. I'm continuing to work on it. And I was lucky enough to sit next to uh, a leadership expert in healthcare. Uh, and we're going to interview Dennis McEntee today on leadership. And he's uh, written a book on it. He travels all over the country. He does this for large healthcare organizations. And he's just been a wealth of knowledge since uh, we've chatted over the last few months. And so I'm going to have him on to dive into uh, leadership, his book, some of the ideas from it on how to provide this type of leadership in healthcare and developing teams, and ultimately some of the nuances of it. You know, it's not, it's not easy. It's not cut and dry. There's a lot of different aspects to it. And we dive into that today to start this conversation on leadership. And, and I felt like we had a great conversation on this. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, running into him each quarter as strategic coach to pick his brain more. And you'll have an opportunity as well at the end to learn more uh, on what they're doing and, and actually get some actionable steps for you. Okay. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I just wanted to mention we do have our free course, uh, Outpacing Inflation in Private Practice. You can check that out. It's six lessons I've done for you, video lessons that you can actually implement and try to grow your practice at least 10% to uh, match inflation, if not more. You can check that out at bit.ly forward slash MCM inflation, and we'll be able to Get that for free. Take that course. You can consume it all in one go. Or you can take your time with it and try to implement it in your practice for optimal growth. Without further ado, here is my interview with Dennis McEntee. All right. Welcome to the show, Dennis. I really appreciate your time today. I'm excited to dive into a, a great topic. Uh, but before we do, tell us a little bit about yourself personally, professionally, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I, I sort of have a fascinating story, Kevin, right? Because do you ever end up like in the business where maybe you like first started, you thought you were going to be in and then life happens and shift and an opportunity here. And, you know, I kind of started my career doing a lot of counseling work and ministry work and helping marriages, helping families. And I had this one particular person that had a, had a bunch of uh, senior living companies or as much senior living, you know, communities um, in uh, Indiana. And, and he said, Hey, I got this team, a lot of drama, they can't get along. He said, Dennis, would you just go to Fort Wayne for a day and then tell me what the heck I'm, I'm supposed to do? And Kevin, I, I walked into that arena with these healthcare professionals and I just fell in love, right? I, I saw the people that were not appreciated, you know, in it felt they were all on an island and, you know, it's kind of these thankless jobs, right? It's like, you know, any kind of like helping profession at times can kind of be thankless, right? If you're a chiropractor or, you know, dentist, or uh, there's, there's just some thankless jobs out there that 
people in helping professions. And I just realized they were underserved. And I remember doing that, doing that day of training. And I came back and I called my wife and I said, you know, Lisa, I think I just found the group of people I want to spend the rest of my life serving. And the cool thing is like the same frameworks and principles that we work with marriage and families. Wow. Kevin, they work with teams too. Yeah. That was interesting where you serendipitously, we sat next to each other um, in our strategic coach meeting and, you know, we were kind of getting to know each other and, and you were telling me what you're doing and I'm doing, and obviously there's a lot of crossover there. Uh, You're doing it for, for much larger organizations than I am. And, And then you were, you were kind enough to hand me one of your books and, it has that title uh, where you read it and you're like, oh shit, like <laughs> this is- hey, I don't need this. I don't know what this is. <laughs> That's what I need. Yeah. And, and that title is Drama Free Teams in Healthcare, which is uh, almost an oxymoron if you were to look at it from the face of it, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Right. Because, and, and I think what happens is that, you know, we care right? There's nobody in these, in these fields, right? It's like, you're a chiropractor because man, you really care. It's like, yeah, you want to make a great living, have a great life, but it's like, you really want to help people. And the challenge is, is when any strength that you overextend becomes a constraint, becomes it a liability. And what I've seen, you know, in our professions is that when you overextend care, it becomes this liability, right? It's like kind of flipping different things on its head where it's like, Hey, you got to care enough to confront, Mm -hmm. And one thing I love, and I just told a group of healthcare professionals here in Missouri today, I said, here's the deal. Whatever you don't address, you endorse. So if you're not confronting a situation or confronting a person or stepping into conflict, I just don't think you care. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, Kevin, that's a great way to piss off, you know, a lot of helping professionals to tell them they don't care. Right. But it's, it's kind of flipping care on its head sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I think the challenge is we overextend these gifts and strengths and they kind of become a liability. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I remember hearing whether it was, I think it was from Tim Ferriss, but I don't think it's his saying he used it, but it's just like, you can measure the success of of someone, or in this case, a, a team by yeah. your willingness to have difficult conversations. Right. And it's almost like, and I love you're that. saying, yep. I love that. Yeah. And, and so um, the, the it, reading your book has been very helpful for me. And I like on the front page, it just really is great. And it just talks about less stress, more trust, better outcomes for everyone. And I wanted to touch on that better outcomes for everyone aspect, because I know that's kind of a, a double-headed monster. Like you're going to have better outcomes with your employees and your teams, but you're also going to have better outcomes for your patients, right? Could you, could you uh, touch yeah, on that a little bit? Yeah. It's because you got to look at every, everything's got to be this. If it's not a win-win, right? It's like nobody, nobody should lose. And there's got to be ways to, you know, it, yes, it's, it's stressful and it's hard and, you know, patients have all these varying needs, but, you know, I think sometimes like if I can create a great team that really serves people, it, then my job is so much easier, right? You think about all the chiropractors that it's like, Hey, how do I create this great team that just serves, you know, my patients? Yeah. And, and what are you finding as kind of the, the major flaw in these teams or why there is so much drama in these teams. Oh gosh. Okay. So I think here's kind of the thing that you really kind of like work to, to battle, right. Is this whole idea over ownership. Mm -hmm. And we have this, we have this idea that we teach a lot is that you are ridiculously in charge, right? Kevin, it's like you take a behavior, you get an action, Mm -hmm. right? So you're not the victim. It's like, you are in charge of your behavior. If you don't like your outcomes, then you change your behavior. And here is a behavior because honestly, one thing, and I think this came from a Navy SEALs book where, you know, they said there are no bad teams or just bad leaders. 
Yep. And if I end up blaming my team, then I'm just playing the victim. And I think one way sometimes I think I think owners and practices and leaders, we got to step back and go, okay, if it's in my team, it's somewhere in me. What have I done to create it? And here's one classic way that leaders create this drama. Okay. So right when I ask helping professionals, they I go, hey, don't you wish your team would think at a higher level? Sometimes they say, hey, could they just think? If I can get them to think, that would be best, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, and the challenge is, is that like, you probably seen this in your practice, right? It's like, Kevin, you know the answer. Your team brings you things. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. you've seen this problem a hundred times. But if you're doing all the telling, you're actually doing all the thinking. And then, but you're telling because you care. And then you're telling, and you're also actually destroying that person's confidence, right? Because they have confidence in you. So they come to you with the question, Mm-hmm. Right. And then you keep telling. So they're confident in you, but they're not confident in themselves. Yeah. And so you're doing things that you believe to help, but it's actually debilitating. Yeah. And so I think this whole idea of how do you create ownership, right? And keeping the problem where the problem really is. Yeah. And and one of the things I wanted to ask you too is that sometimes it could be subtle, right? Like you get there's oh, obviously oh my gosh, it's totally it's like s- stealth. Yeah, because sometimes it's obvious, right? You get the like the poisonous person, and it's pretty clear. But then a lot of times it's it's pretty subtle. And uh, what are your, some of your thoughts on that? Okay, so so here's where all of this drama really originates, and it's this whole idea between choice poverty or choice abundance. So your team brings you things, and they do it very subtly, right? And they don't even know they're doing it, right? And you've just got to help them see, hey, you have all the choices in the world. And so the fastest way to grow culture is to change language, right? Culture is made up of two different things. Like we have language and we have stories, right? We're Americans, you know, we have common English and we have all these common stories that we all kind of relate back to. Well, we have this idea of whatever you don't address, you endorse. Mm-hmm. And when leaders don't address things, like, like, like when I hear like there's key drama phrases, like I have to, mm-hmm. total drama, right? Because somebody else is in control of me, yeah. right? She makes me whatever emotion I want to throw in there. Mm-hmm. right? Shoulds, right? Sometimes if you, if they say, I don't know, that can be a drama phrase because mm-hmm. they're the kind of people that always come to you for this, like you've told them multiple times yeah. and they still don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? So th- th- those are like four easy drama phrases. And so I think as leaders, we have to be very, very aware and attuned of what's coming out because what comes out of people's mouths is really attached to what's inside of them. It's how they think, it's how they believe. And so you listen real close to what comes out of their mouth and just get really attuned to when you hear those drama phrases. And honestly, like those four drama phrases, mm-hmm. if you just go after those four drama phrases with your team and continue to address them and almost like tell them what this means. It's like when people say, oh yeah, I have to I go. No, no, you don't have to. No, you don't have to. You have all the choice. You choose. Yep. Now you might have a job tomorrow, right? There's a consequence. There's an outcome for that, but mm-hmm. hey, you choose. And and you know this from just like growing your practice. It's like the best motivator for people is me feeling I have a sense of agency. Yeah. Right. So, hey, I'm in control. Yeah, I'm working for you, but you know what? I, I I'm in I'm in control of me, and I'm in control of like my outcomes, and there's no barriers. Now, the challenge is, is sometimes you know you bring people on the team, and they kind of let, they don't want to have adult to adult conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, Hey, that's not really a game I want to play. And then we, and then we have the whole staffing crisis that, you know, because of the great shutdown, what it kind of, you know, and so it kind of is exacerbated that, but it's that whole idea of ownership. And what I would tell people is like, go after language first mm-hmm. and just go after those four phrases and your practice will look different a year from now. 
Don't even go after like the, the 25 that we have. Just go after those four. Yeah. All right, Docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors, and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five seo secrets to owning the first page of google uh, without buying ads and darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Yeah. And one of the, I want to put myself on the spot here because, you know, I was working with a couple clients and, you know, they're learning new things from us. And, yeah. so, you know, sometimes it could be challenging to then, yep. you know, let's say you had a, I'm just going to make up a story like where you have a front desk person that's been with you for five years and they've yeah. been doing stuff one way. And then all of a sudden you try to coach them up on doing something differently. Um, I I'd always have told them, you got to be careful when you have this conversation with them, that it's not uh, something that they feel like they're doing it wrong. And so I've always been like, look, I want you to blame me. Say, Hey, you know what? Um, I've been, uh, you know, ultimately trying to grow myself as a leader. And we took on this coaching program and, and, and they're teaching us some really good stuff. And, you know, I didn't even know this stuff until last week. Are, are you, you know, open to us implementing some of these at the front desk? Right. And so yeah. I've tried to teach our chiropractic leaders to go about it that way to almost put the onus on them as like, look, I'm still learning you know, versus like it, it being a conversation where they just start going right, you know, like a bull in a China shop is like, oh, you got to do this, this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden they, that, that particular person at the front desk starts taking offense to it. I, am I doing that right? Or is there a better way of doing that? Yeah, no, you know, Kevin, I've seen the same thing. And I think as leaders, like, you know, I, I, like I've come back from coach and like, I'll just share with it with my team. It's like, Hey, I don't even know how this works, but let's have a conversation. Yeah. Or it's even this whole idea. Have you shared with your team, like this whole idea of uncertainties? No. Okay, so it really helped my team to realize, hey, I have uncertainties too. Right, we're launching some, you know, some new certifications in certain spaces, and and Kevin, between you and me and your whole podcast audience, mm -hmm. I'm pretty uncertain. Mm -hmm. It's a big leap, but I just shared it with my team, and they're like, "You mean you're uncertain too?" I said, "Oh yeah," so, and it's like that's just the process of growth. Yeah. So we almost, I think, almost like, you know, drama free is not being a robot. And not being emotionless, but it really teaches you how, what to do with the emotion, okay. right? This whole idea of fear, typically people run away from fear, yeah. but you can train yourself to run to fear, right? So, so pre-pandemic, my wife and I were in Hawaii, right? And so we're on our first um, snorkeling trip we've ever been on. Okay. It's probably, I don't know, seven or eight years, years ago. And so we're on the boat. They're taking us way out, you know, to this big reef. Never, never snorkel, right? Can you see the land? And as we're on the boat, there's, they start upselling us just like every excursion does, mm -hmm. right? It's like, hey, for an extra hundred bucks, we got this tank. It's called, I think, Snuba or something where they put the tank on the top of the water and they take you down like 15 feet or something with a hose. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to this, Kevin. 
and I'm starting to freak out. Yeah. And I look at my wife and she's hyperventilating. I said, I'm, I'm freaking scared. She goes, that freaks me out. I said, do you know what that means? Right? She goes, we got to do that. <laughs> and so it's almost like re-engaging your relationship with fear. It's like, Hey, this scares me. So this is what I'm going to step into. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the spice of life. Right. But even letting the team know you have that, I think that's super important as a leader. Yeah. And, you know, I think that helps get them to buy in too, right? Where they realize like, okay, look, uh, you know, obviously they're, you got to enroll them in to be a big part of that, but also know that, you know, you don't always have it all figured out either. (laughs) Well, when I think, I think, especially as leaders, I think we also have to look at ourselves as team members, Mm -hmm. right? And and whenever anybody calls me the boss, like I completely correct it. I was like, no, I'm a team member like you. I just happen to be the team member that says, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to spend our resources. Um, but I'm a team member. Yep. And it's in it, it, it sort of like having those kind of relationships, I think is really healthy. And it, it kind of helps that from that dictatorial, right? I'm going to tell you what to do and I'm going to do your thinking for you. And, you know, I'm going to try to control every action. Yeah. The other thing that I've done better job of, because I, I would say um, I wasn't good at at all this. And I've been really trying to double down on leadership over the last year or two. I, I realized it was kind of a blind spot for me in, in many ways. And uh, one of the things I found myself doing was having reactive meetings with team members. And so I, I now have proactive team member uh, meetings yep. where it's one-on-one and, and, and group team and, and doing that. So now it's not like you're calling them to the office, right? Like, you know, and so well, uh, what well, are your thoughts on that? Well, here's one dynamic, and I don't know how you do this, but typically, you know, I have weekly one-on-ones with with different team members. Mm-hmm. My weekly one-on-ones, like I stop being in charge of those meetings. Oh, that's and a good idea. It, it, in one of the, in, in even my team meetings, Kevin, I'm just a participant. And what it has made me do is I have all these team members that have all these different areas of responsibility. And then I just kind of sit in the back and I'm kind of the consultant. Okay, well, has anybody thought about this? Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Mm. Right. And I'm just, and, and I just get to attend meetings. Like if it's a one-on-one, you know, w- w- with my executive assistant, I have one-on-one executive assistant meeting every morning and she's in charge. Mm-hmm. As I, hey, what do you need? If something hits my head, I'm going to tell her, but she runs the meeting. And so my team members that I've one-on-ones with, they run those meetings, not me. And it puts that responsibility down on them. And I think mm-hmm. that's the key thing for leaders. we got to keep figuring out how to push the responsibility down. I like that. And you can, in our, in our small practices, you know, some people have office managers, they could run that. You might have an elite associate chiropractor that could run that. So there's definitely some options with there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then I would have a simple framework, like, Hey, you know, these are the three questions that cover these three things. Like I want to know about, you know, mm-hmm. but I think something very simple. Perfect. Perfect. I want to switch gears a little bit. one of the chapters that I really found interesting because we're, you know, again, you know, we're, we're dealing with people and it's been a little bit of a struggle since the pandemic. And, you know, we're trying to get, we're trying to grow. Um, and, and you never know what people's motivations are, but you have a key chapter in here on the four drivers of motivation. Yeah. Um, can you touch on that a little bit? Well, so here's, what's fascinating, right? People do things for their own reasons. They don't do things for your reasons. They do them for their reasons. And if you can find their reasons and almost like push it back. And this is maybe harsh, kind of push it back at them. So it's like how my nutrition coach does it. Right. So when I'm sideways on my nutrition, my nutrition coach will call me and he doesn't berate me. He doesn't dog me. He says one simple question, Kevin. He says, Hey, Dennis, I thought you wanted to weigh 20 pounds less. I'm looking at your, at what you ate this month. I thought you said you wanted, and I get pissed off 
and I'm mad, but it drives. I'm like, fine, I'm back on it. And literally all he did was he just took my driver and just gave it back to me. And so I think finding these drivers, right, that, and I think the challenge is that we have to lead people according to how they want to be led, mm-hmm. right? And so maybe if we're a really straightforward person, I'm very direct. Well, not everybody wants it direct. Yeah. And I know you like it direct, but it's, it's not about you, right? It's like mm-hmm. you have other people that are more kind of accepting, they're into respect and recognition. So you can be so direct, I don't feel respected. Yeah. And then, you know, you have this open, transparent person and you have this person that has a lot of certainty needs that needs all the details mm-hmm. So for drivers. But well, even, even what's more fascinating, Kevin, even more than that, that we've discovered is each driver has a key fear attached to it. Oh, really? People that are really straightforward, right? They have this fear of being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a direct, you tend to have that fear. And so you can even step in and go, hey, Kevin, listen, I, I know you might be afraid of like, being taken advantage of in this situation. But here, let, let's talk about this. And all I did was I just totally spoke to who you are. And now you feel like, okay, Dennis, Dennis is gonna tell me something I don't wanna hear, but Dennis gets me, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it can be fear of taking advantage of. It can be fear of change, right? It can be fear of loss of approval. It can be fear of being wrong. And those sort of are some of the four over, you know, sort of driving fears. So it's, it's not just the motivators, but I think it's even the fears and we're kind of discovering, I think the fears might be even more powerful than the drivers. Yeah. And I've had employees like that where they just don't take constructive input. Well, you know, like it's always an indictment on them as a person. Yeah. And, and that can be hard, you know, and, and you're, even if you go about it the right way, they, they just can't accept instruction. And and that's one of those ones, even though they, they try hard and they could be nice people But I remember having one in the past and she was great in a lot of ways, but every time I tried to instruct her on something, it was that like, she had that fear of like, I was indicting her as a person. Right. Well, well, maybe here's, here's an idea for you, Kevin, and maybe just, you know, some of, some of the docs here will will find this fascinating is the the challenge is, is that there's a problem in the practice, right? So as a leader, we're going to fix the problem. The challenge is, it's typically not your problem. Mm-hmm. It's a behavior of a staff member. Yeah. And Kevin, you can't fix that. Yeah. You can't even solve that because that person is in charge of their behavior. Yeah. So it's this whole di- idea of the reason you give feedback first is to help people see it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Kevin, if you can't see it, we're never solving it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And even like your whole team can know it's a problem, but this one person on your team doesn't think it's a problem. So guess what? What's the problem? So it's this whole idea of helping them see it. We've got some really cool frameworks to help people kind of like see it and then help them own it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like in the great ownership question is, is, what are you going to do about that problem you have? It's like you see it, you own it. And here's what's here's what's magic about it. It solves itself automatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's this whole idea. They first got to see it and then they got to own it. And it's almost like the answer shows up, but it, you'll never solve it if they don't see it and own it. Well, and, you know, I found myself, it was interesting. Like I, I noticed it, but then I was like, then I became so reluctant to even coach her up on things because I didn't uh, want to yeah. offend her, her feelings. And, and, and so then I stopped even instructing and it was this like stalemate for months. Uh, the person's no longer in the practice. So that was good. But I remember like I reflecting back on that was like, that was a poor leadership moment on my end because I just let yeah. that 
issue on her end really just ruined the whole thing. And so, well, let me ask you this. And I think this is some, this might help a lot of the docs is that, did you at the time, maybe now you do, but really at the time, did you know what the real problem was? I mean, I would just chart it up as like insecurity, uh, but I don't know if it was deeper than that for her. Yeah. Cause, cause almost like, so you had this problem and you gave feedback yeah. and then she didn't receive it well. And so when I'm listening to this, I'm like, okay, well, the real problem is like, she doesn't receive feedback. The, the real problem is not this problem that you're addressing. The real problem is like her reaction. Getting her to see like that reaction. Mm -hmm. So here's a great question to ask people to kind of get them to, because we're all in the bottom of our own behavior, yeah. right? This question of like, hey, when you do this, when behavior, how do you think you show up? Mm -hmm. Or you can say, how do you think you're perceived? Or how do you think you're come across? Yeah. And it's a great way to kind of become the third person inspector on your own behavior. It's like if I can stay the third person inspector on my own behavior, yeah. like sometimes I'll play this game with, with me, just myself, right? I like, huh. Dennis was really pissed off about that. Gosh, what is it that makes Dennis so pissed off about that? And I'm almost like, I'm like the third person and I kind of step back and analyze my behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's a cool trick that leaders can play, but you kind of got to do that with your team. You almost become this investigator scientist and, yeah. you know. And, and you got to investigate yourself because like I look back on it, you know, I, I mentioned like she probably had insecurities on taking, you know, constructive feedback or whatever but I had insecurities as a leader then. So I didn't push the envelope and I just backed off it and let it just fester as long as it did. Right. So yeah. uh, there's definitely some insecurities or there were more on my end. That's why I really realized I needed to kind of double down on, on the leadership training and realize like, I can't be able to, I can't put up with that. I have to be able to yeah. uh, respectfully coach and train and, and provide feedback to my team members. And if they're not willing to, um, accept that, then, then that's, I'm not going to back away from it just because they're not willing to accept it. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll much more prone to have a direct conversation that's kind now. Yeah. And then if, if we can't rectify the situation, then, then obviously we have a problem that we have to fix long-term. Yeah. Well, almost like, did you kind of discover like looking back on it, that that was really more of an emotional issue than a logical issue for you? It's like, yeah. I don't really want to do that. Right. That's not really fun. And here's what's fascinating about leadership. Typically, 90% of all challenges in leadership are not logical. Yeah. They're emotional, yeah. right? It's like, okay, I'll never correct what I'm unwilling to confront, and I'll never confront what I'm afraid of. Yeah. So if I'm not going to deal with that fear. Mm -hmm. Dude, you can give me all the how-tos you want. So I just started this presentation this morning, and I just got there and I said, hey, guys, here's the deal. You're going to get a lot of how-tos. I'm doing the opening keynote of this workshop. Yeah. But I said, you know, if how-tos were enough, we would all be skinny, we would all be rich, and we would all be happy. Got to have something more than how-tos. And I, I think leaders just need to be honest and go, hey, these are emotional issues that I got to deal with, you know, and kind of step into it. And, and you never solve an emotional issue with logic. So if 90% of your employees' issues are emotional and you're trying to fix it with logic, it's never going to work. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and what I would end up doing and, and still to this day, but I've gotten better. Some of it maybe comes as a, a with age, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty good at, uh, letting things go for, for quite some time until I'm not, <laughs> and then I, then I blow a gasket. Right. And so, yeah. um, by not, uh, addressing it early on, I would let it, you know, I'd sweep it under the rug and then to the point where I, I would lose my temper on things. And then, and then that has repercussions that are long, long lasting. And so that's been something that I've recognized for myself as a, as a person and, and as a leader, whether, it's a leader of my family or a leader of my, of my business is that I can't allow for it to fester because if it does, I then 
act in a way I'm not um, comfortable with myself anymore, as I've learned. And so um, I'm way more proactive with the conversation so that it doesn't get to that point. Yeah. And we, we call that playing the ostrich, right? It's like, as long as I don't see it, it's not there. And it's like, Hey, it's even if you don't, if it's there, it's there. I get it. You don't see it. Mm-hmm. So you, you might find this fascinating, Kevin. So uh, I was working. I, well, I actually had a conversation with an owner of a, of a very large practice and he was convincing me there was no drama in his team. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? I've never seen this. I said, I got to see what you got. And literally Kevin, this is what he would do is he'd show up at eight o'clock, open the front door, walk past the receptionist to his back office and close the door. Yeah. Five o'clock, he'd open that door, walk through the reception area, into his car and go home. And I'm like, dude, just because you don't see it, it's not me, it's not there. Yeah. You can't you know? run from it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, goes, it goes back to this whole idea of like, whatever you don't address, you endorse. Mm-hmm. And how many times do we, something happens in the practice, we don't address it, but we go home and complain to our spouse about it. Well, that that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know, and it, it, here's the key thing. And your, your audience might really get something out of this phrase. If you can stick this phrase in your brain, you n- cannot complain about what you permit. Oh, I like that. Right. Because how many times do we do this? Like, well, you're really permitting. It's like you haven't addressed it. And now you're complaining to me with, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, I want to touch on another thing too, because we have some team members, not me personally, but just, you know, business owners in general, Yeah, you have some team members that are high performers yeah. and, but then they're, you know, they're like the virus in the practice. Right. And, the, and, and they're just yeah. it's a bad character or, you know, and, and there's a lot of issues with that. It's, I always used to joke around. It's like the Terrell Owens of your, your team, which yeah, was you right. know, like, he was a phenomenal yeah. NFL receiver, but God, every yeah. locker room he went to was a disaster. Right. So yeah. it's yeah. like, what do you, you know, do you, do, do you have like a, a thought is, process around that? Okay. This is, this is a big animal, right. Yeah. And you might give some little controversy. Here's, here's how we believe it. Here's how our trainers and speakers sort of attack that issue is that, Culture trumps talent all day long. Yep. Okay. I would rather have a super collaborative, creative, strong culture than have like a bunch of superstars, right? It's, it's why all-star teams don't win, mm-hmm. right? It's like, why did the NHL all-stars, they could never beat the Russians, yep. right? Because they had all these all-stars, but the Russians put, it, put these guys into a system, yep. into a culture, and that culture Beat the all, and we're kind of dating ourselves, aren't we? It's like you know, it's like, <laughs> that's like eight you know, 1970s, right? 60s, we're kind of dating ourselves here. But it, it, it's why all star teams never work. Mm-hmm. And so, do you want to have a team of all stars, or do you want it? And it is sometimes not even a team, but it's like, or do you want a strong culture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it trumps it all day long. Yeah, and it's been. I mean, we have a great team here now, which is it's just been amazing. And um, another, well, hey, let me let me just know if the audience likes that then just reach out to dennismackney.com. And if the audience hates that, just reach out to drkevinchristie.com and put all the complaints there. That statement, send them yeah. to Kevin. Yeah, me. Leave, leave me the bad <laughs> reviews for sure. <laughs> oh, uh, what, what, yeah, one last um, kind of topic on that. And, and I've found, um, you know, I talked to a lot of chiropractors, talked to a lot of leaders. Everybody's different. Everybody has strong suits. One of the things that I've tried to do is uh, I'm a more mild manner reserved person. I'm, I'm not going to be your outgoing, gregarious, you yeah. know, flashy type person, you know, talk to everybody in the practice type of thing. And 
Um, and, and I've started to hire particular types of personalities in certain yeah. roles to make my team more well-rounded. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, have you, have you talked to people about that where it's like, look, you know, maybe if you're, you know, kind of like this, maybe hire someone that's more like that, or, or is it just, uh, am I overthinking that? No, no. I, I think you, you got to take like a really strong look at like, Hey, these are my inherent strengths. These are my hair weaknesses. And the challenge becomes is like, we typically hire people who are like us, mm -hmm. right? And there are certain styles on my team that I desperately need, but we're not going to go out and have a beer together. Yeah. Right? But I absolutely need you. I need that gift. I need that, you know? And so we just develop certain languages. Like anybody that's close to me, they, they have to like be a door closer. Mm -hmm. Kevin, I'm an open door opener. I mean, I can, I can open doors. It just creates a hot mess. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm never going to follow through. I'm never going to be in the details. I'm never going to take things to completion. Yeah. So everybody on my team knows your job is to take these things, these areas to completion. But I think here's the cool thing is that, you know, Bill Wilson from Alcoholics Anonymous, he says, all progress starts when you tell the truth. Mm -hmm. I think as leaders, if we can tell the truth to our teams. So I'll never, I'll, I always remember the strategic planning meeting a couple of years ago, where do you ever have these times where you're with your team and they're just bantering, we can do this with this and Dennis can do this. And, and as soon as they said, Dennis could do this, mm -hmm. I'm sitting in the back, Kevin, in my mind, I started to procrastinate. Yeah. I like, and in times past, I would just mentally assent. And then think about reasons of how to get out to, even though like I'm the owner, I'm the leader, but it was fascinating. I go, Hey guys, hold on, hold on. I like that idea, but Dennis is not doing that. I think a good idea. Dennis don't want to do that. Yeah. Dennis is going to procrastinate and that's not going to happen. Yeah. And it, but as soon as I said that, they were like, okay, well, how it's Cause we still got to do it. So yeah. how, and we came up with another strategy, but I think as leaders, we, we just got to tell the truth. Yeah. Right. This is, this is what I'm good at. So I'm not good at It's what I like, what I don't gives me energy, takes my energy mm -hmm. and just start to really tell the truth. And it gets even cooler when you can have team members tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I've, I've tried to do. Cause especially at work and clinical setting, I'm, I'm not training patients now, but when I was like, yeah, you know, I, I could be a little more to the point and, and I get in the weeds of with patient care and busy. And so like maybe my personality is not shining. I'm just, I'm kind, I'm nice and, and all that stuff and have great conversation with patients. But I knew I needed to put like maybe some more fun around in, in the office to, to take a little bit of an edge off that. And I think, you know, I've talked to some chiropractors where they're very reserved and they're very mild mannered. I'm, I wouldn't call myself very reserved or very mild manner, but some people are. And I, I always tell them, I was like, look, maybe put a TA, an assistant around you. That's like outgoing and fun or a front desk person that's outgoing and fun. So that way people come in and they feel some of that energy around it as well. Yeah. Well, how many, how many, this is a good question for you. Maybe you don't know the answer, but, but, but how many of like your clients would say like, they sort of have this policy of fun. Hey, we're going to have fun. Like, like, even like, I, I will be honest with you. Like sometimes like we're, we're planning our end of the year, like annual planning meeting, you know, and my wife is, is our, really our chief strategy officer. And she told me last night, she goes, um, Dennis, we need to have some fun. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean fun? We're, we're, we're freaking going to put a plan together. We're going to work. That's fun. Y'all, this is fun. We're working. And she's like, we need to go to Topgolf. Yeah. We need to go like, you know, wine and painting or something. And I'm like, yeah. all right. Yes. But it's like, I can't be in charge of fun. <laughs> and that's what I've realized about me is like, I, I can't be charged with fun. It's just not yeah. there. And, and so I've, I've definitely recognized that. And I, I think a lot of chiropractors need to, to understand that. And there's this interesting dichotomy in my profession where, um, you know, there's these, uh, there's a certain part of the profession that are a little more philosophical. They're, yeah. they're, 
they're not they're not so inclined to the evidence of what chiropractic is and then the yeah. audience that i talk to and in, in, in my kind of world of chiropractic are these evidence-informed chiropractors and uh -huh. the other side of the profession they tend to have a lot of fun they tend to do all these crazy you know gatherings yeah. and initiatives and promos and like it's yeah. maybe sometimes a little bit over the top and then yeah. On my side of the profession, it's like, you almost feel like you're going to a cardiologist half the time where it's just like, just very bland and like everything's right. about the science and, it's, and so then yeah. there's like, there's, it's just, this like you walk into the office and you feel like you're at a primary care doctor and it's just kind of bland. And I'm trying to get, uh, our side of our profession here to have a little more fun around it, do a little more things, have a little better patient experience, have some fun around it. Don't lose, don't take the edge off of what you do clinically. Yeah. Yeah, but take the edge off of what your, your seriousness is and make it a little bit of a fun place to be in. And so I'm definitely trying to get them you, to, to meet it, there. You but feel, you feel at times like, you know, maybe guys on your side of the aisle, they, they feel like they they're going to lose credibility. Yes. Like yeah. it, it we're very evidence-based research, yeah. very outcome-based. Right. And so if I come across a little fun, <laughs> then I'm not, I'm not a real doc. I'm not a real scientist. I'm not a real, you know, research-based, yeah. you know, yeah, there's, there's got to be a way to marry that. I do, because I think what it is, is like, uh, they think it's like putting lipstick on a pig. You know, they see all the yeah. other chiropractors that aren't re really clinically sound putting I, lipstick I, on a pig. And I'm like, look, just because they're putting lipstick on, lipstick on a pig doesn't mean if you do some cool things and fun things that your clinical care goes down at all. Like, but yeah, that's part of it. Same way a lot of them don't want to do marketing because they don't feel like they should have to. Right. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. fascinating. It, re it really is. And, you know, now that you kind of say that, like, I, I see that with different chiropractic clinics, right? I, I know the ones you're talking and I know the other ones, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, and there's like, it, there's got to be a marrying of, of really both those. And, and it, maybe they just kind of tie it around patient experience, right? It's like, yeah. and they really get defined on what the experience is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and you're real good at that. So if anybody needs some help, you know, reach out to <laughs> Dr. Kevin, for sure. We're trying. I put good people around me to, to have fun. We have, we have a chief fun officer and it's, it's not me. <laughs> I, that's what I need. We don't have a chief fun officer. <laughs> yeah. We we call my wife that in, in, in our life too. She's great at planning good fun stuff. And, and I, she's the chief fun officer. I'm the chief funds officer. So. <laughs> I, I definitely hey, the chief funds officer. I just, yeah. I'm not an officer. So you're a step ahead of me. That's awesome. Well, hey, Dennis, I, you know, I really appreciate your time today. Um, how can they find out some more information from what you have going on? I mean, you're just doing amazing things in leadership in particular in healthcare, because I do think there is nuances in healthcare and leadership that we don't find in others. So I remember when I first met you, I was like, oh, this is great, because I've been trying to really get better at this whole leadership thing. And, and you could speak the language of healthcare. So how could they uh, find out more information? Yeah, they simply go to leadership devgroup.com it's leadership dev group.com and then kevin what i thought would be really fun is let's share just a challenge with the audience and this is a free five-day challenge and and here's sort of the thought process that we have discovered coming out of the great shutdown is that people feel really busy right oh my gosh i'm so busy i'm so overwhelmed right it's like too much to do and not enough time and so we took our five best strategies of how to get out of overwhelm, how to stop being busy, how to really get focused with results on what really matters most, five of the best strategies, and we put them in a five-day challenge. And so if they go to learning.leadershipdevgroup.com slash challenge, go right there, put your email address in, and for the next five days, you get five quick, like 20-second videos. Here's a tip for the day. Hey, you feel this way? Here's what you do with it. Here's two strategies. Make it a great day. And it awesome. is really, 
it's made a difference, right? So we just want to do it for, you know, for your audience, you know, for free, just to be a blessing. And we just want to continue to help people. So we'll put it in the show link and we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll get it out there. We, um, we send out email, Facebook group posts, all that, and we'll get that out there. And, and I, you know, I just want my audience to really start thinking about, this leadership thing and some of the subtleties of it, because it's not, you know, we, we hear all the cliches of leadership. Right. And, you know, and, you know the other thing too, is like, it's a whole other topic. We could probably talk about it another time, but sometimes there's wartime generals and there's peacetime generals, right. And there's yeah. strong economy uh, CEOs and there's terrible economy CEOs and leadership. And uh, we could be navigating you know, some behavior, of that as well. Right. It's like, you got to put on these different behaviors according to, you know, the time frame that you're in. Yeah, it's I, I think it's it's so nuanced, yeah. right? And it's more than like cliches or like quotes. It's like everything is nuanced, right? It's about people. And you know, Chad Johnson at Strategic Coach, he said something to me probably about eight years ago. And he's and I'll never forget it. He said, Dennis, he said, relationships are not efficient. And I wanted to fuss, you know, because I'm like, that's my problem. Yeah. I'm trying to make them efficient. Yeah. You know, yeah. Try to make my relationship with my wife efficient. I'm like, that doesn't work. <laughs> and so I always remember it's like, okay, it's not efficient, but I'm going to step in, you know, and lead people according to how they like to be led. That's awesome. Great way to finish this show. And I really appreciate your time today. Awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to make the shift from busy, broke, and broken to time-free and cash confident, or you just want to continue with the exponential growth, Check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab. Watch the short video on there and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos. We help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos. You send them to us. We produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels. We also take them and we turn it into one good blog per month. And every other month, we have Darcy Sullivan producing a robust blog with a topic that you pick from her database to help with your SEO. So we essentially become your content marketing agency to make sure your practice is always having ethical, elegant content marketing to help grow your practice. On the coaching side, we also help you with everything from marketing ideas to business, communications, finances, anything practice growth and really try to help prevent you from being stuck on that island. And we hold you accountable. We have a great group of doctors that are just doing amazing things. And we look forward to help you out to take that next step in your practice. So again, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com and learn more.